But, uh, yeah, very interesting times. I think the word for 2020 has been unprecedented. Really? I that hate is, that. That's not the word I would use for 2020. <laughs> but the word I would use for 2020 is unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, even that's nicer than the word I would use. I we feel like a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. 2020 for me would just be a disheartened, like... <laughs> But of the of the censorable words, though, that is by far, well, not by far, hell, I feel like is in the same realm, but like, those are the ones that are the most accessible, I feel like. Yeah, I, I definitely have a little, I have an easier time hearing that. Special occasions. So this is how <laughs> I feel about cursing. So this is, this is my rule of cursing. Cursing to me is like using an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And when you write a paper, if you if you have more than two exclamation points, you have too many exclamation points. And so the reason why you don't use a whole lot is because you're wanting there to be emphasis. Okay. Okay. And so I feel like cursing is the same way. It doesn't need to be overused because that's how you put emphasis on what you're saying. I respect that. So I see it as like an exclamation point. I was afraid you were going to have the traditional, like, if you can't say it without swearing, then you don't need to say it. And <laughs> yeah, I was if you like, wouldn't say it to your mother, then you can always just do the uh, classic uh, Home Alone, rip- the... <laughs> on a, on mission trips in high school, our, our rule was uh, replace it with food. So we were Rose in... Beef. We were in Mexico... And, um, potatoes, they they Ah. were building, uh, they were building houses, right? So they were nailing, I think it was like a joist or something. And the guy, Derek, he missed his nail and hit his thumb. And from across the site, you just hear him go biscuits and gravy. (laughs) And it's the funniest thing. I love it. Cause you're just like, Oh, someone's really excited about breakfast. It was like, no, someone's really (laughs) somebody. Yeah. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, as always, is my co-host, DJ Fluffy Pants. I mean, they're they're just jeans. It's me that's fluffy. I, I accept. We are excited to have you back for the numero dos episode. Ooh, of to add Spanish to the description. They Didn't Ask Us. Two episodes into season two. What? John, we're still going strong. Still no sponsors. What would we what would we want though? Like low key, I would kinda want Charmin, but that's you know, just try to get it Cottonelle to get a better offer, if you know what I'm saying. I just want anything. Local. I thought about maybe just doing local local businesses, you know, support yeah. the local business. Yeah, for sure. I thought that might be good. Especially during these times. I don't know. We'll have to see where we go. But normally we do a bunch of news at the beginning of our episodes, so sorry for the sudden change, but right now, let's see, this episode is going to be released, this is going to be the second episode of August, which would be on the 17th, and so right about now, I'm probably You're probably coming coming home, right? Well, we would have been home, but definitely feeding the baby. (laughs) 
<laughs> you might actually be trying to remember what sleep is by now. Yes, that is that is true. <laughs> yep. So yes, that's why we're not having news because this is pre-recorded way before the 17th of August. I was about to say, I mean, if you think about it and go full meta, right? All of this pre-recorded. That's true. It's just like... That's fair. Super in advance. You know, though, there has been some really cool stuff that's come out here recently. Well, recently to our recording. Yeah, (laughs) Comic-Con at home has been going on. Xbox, I've been keeping track of them. They've been releasing a whole bunch of games. I did want to talk about Avowed. Did you see that trailer? I did not. I pretty much watched and rewatched the uh, Infinite gameplay because it looks incredible. Now, what is Infinite again? The new Halo. Oh, right. It's called Halo Infinite, and I am so excited. Think Well, my hope is that it's not a console exclusive in the sense of it's only on the Xbox One X. I have a You're PC it'll now. it'll just be like a Microsoft. Right. I hope it's in Xbox on PC because I definitely want to play that, but not enough to shell out $500 for a console. So Avowed is going to be Obsidian's answer to the Skyrim type of stuff. Okay. So Obsidian did Fallout New Vegas, but it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. Okay. But uh, it's going to be that first person. In fact, the, the trailer looked a lot like Skyrim. However, the magic part of it, so, you know, the trailers, you know, your typical cinematic type of thing but then you see the first person view and and the whoever the character is is about to go into a fight and he's got a sword in one hand and then he does like this rune thing mates makes a signal like an insignia with his hand and then it like wraps around his hand and his wrist all right almost like dr strange yeah that's that's exactly what i was thinking so it was really cool Um, but I'm very excited about it. I loved Skyrim and I've been wanting them to make something like Skyrim, but new instead they just keep re-releasing Skyrim. Have you tried ESO? No. I wonder how close that would be because it's, it's Elder Scrolls Online. So theoretically it would be similar, but it's not a linear game in the sense that Skyrim was. So I don't know. I've, I've never tried an online RPG like that. They're not really my scene. Yeah, well, even, well, I mean, even Skyrim, like, it's so massive, like, the game just keeps going. Yeah. It's incredible. Now, the main storyline, I think it's shown, the main storyline can be beaten in, like, 15 minutes or something like that. Oh, yeah. RPG stream, like, uh, speed runs are incredible, because, like you said, the main story, you can beat it super fast. Oh, yeah. So, even, like, even something like Breath of the Wild, like, you can speed run it in under an hour. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that just takes the fun out of it. I was about to say, but there's infinite playability because the world is so massive. Oh, it's huge. And there's just so many side missions. It's incredible. Anyway, so that's, I guess that's our news section. I mean, I'm sure it's all still being talked about. There's probably new stuff being released, but... Uh, I saw that Tenet has been rescheduled, moved, pushed back again from August to September, and at this point, I don't know why they would have put a date out there. You've had yeah, to push it back they three just times said, like, already. Definitely not going to be coming out for the foreseeable future. I know they've done that for Mulan, a few of the other Disney releases. I would imagine because they pushed Black Widow all the way back to November, didn't they? They November, did. December. But, I mean, at this at this rate, I don't That's know. Fair. It's been very difficult to find content to cover because <laughs> I mean, there's only so much 
Netflix that is palatable in the sense of like eventually you just melt, which is something that I feel like I've run into, especially with like as much as I've been streaming. It's like, well, you know, there's only so much Call of Duty out here you can play by yourself. Which is why the topic for today is comic books. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is... This is the good stuff. The bread and butter of the nerd community. Toast. Bread and butter. Yum. Buttered toast. (laughs) Think of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Do you remember that show? Do do I remember that show? Yes. My favorite character was Plank. (laughs) Yes. That was kind of like, I guess it was a, do you think that was a nod to Linus's blanket? Uh, yes and no. In the sense of it's just kind of like, I feel like the blanket is more of a security thing, like a security blanket. Yeah. Uh, But Plank is almost more like an imaginary friend. Okay. Yeah, that was an interesting show, to say the least. That's certainly one word you could use. (laughs) (laughs) So, comic books. Let's get into this. So, I'm reading a few. By a few, I mean two. So, I'm reading a couple. Uh, I have not finished either of them. Uh, let's see, I think I can tell you exactly how far along I am in them because I got them off of Amazon. So I'm 48% of the way with Kingdom Come and only 9% into Batman Year One. I think my my biggest question for Kingdom Come is how well does it hold up? That's a good question. It's so far... I'm enjoying it. The artwork is very different and the take on the superheroes is very different. So basically what's happening is is this is a alternate universe where the heroes have all aged. Not only have they all aged, but they've all had relations with a bunch of people. And so there's a lot of offspring that are also super Yikes. And so there's all these metahumans, and they're starting to take over the world, and they're just out of control. And so Superman kind of comes out of retirement along with Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and people like that, and they're coming out and The Flash, and they're trying to put an end to these reckless hooligans that are just kind of destroying the world. Uh, And then in the meantime, there's, so the story is being told from the point of view of this old man who has a vision that's, it's very much like the book of Revelation. It's taken out of, the, the inspiration is from the book of Revelation. And so it's being told from this guy's point of view. And uh, this angel is, angel thing is just kind of, I think it's the specter is who it is. Uh, Is he like really pale, kind of grayish, but with a green hood and green hood yeah the specter so he's the one he's the angel i guess that's like taking him around and showing him these visions of the future so it's very interesting very fascinating very different i kind of like this version of superman right now from what i understand i think he becomes more of a, a tyrant later but right now he seems like a pretty cool dude so you mentioning um the specter is actually a pretty solid segue into a some of the books that I've been reading. Um, one of the things I told Jay uh, before we recorded, uh, because I didn't have the foresight to save it to talk about now, uh, is that I'm a creature of habit. Whether it is the TV shows that I watch, 
or the games that I play, or in this case, the books that I read. I have these two authors that I really, really like. One book that they did, but they did it for a very long time. The one who relates to the Spectre is Jeff Johns and his run on Green Lantern, because there's a period of time... I can't remember which which part of the run it's in, but Hal Jordan is actually, I think he's possessed by the Spectre. It's either, like, I know Spectre's a, a player, and it's either Spectre, or he is definitely controlled by Parallax at some point, mm. uh, who is the entity that embodies fear, which is, he's one of the big players in one of my favorite parts of the Jeff Johns Green Lantern run, uh, which is the Sinestro Corps War. Uh, if, you, if you watch the train wreck of a movie, um, you'll remember... Mark Strong, uh, Mark Strong was cast as Sinestro, who is initially Hal Jordan's Green Lantern uh, mentor, who then realizes, you know, there are certain things that Lanterns should be able to do, but Green Lanterns can't. So he goes off and he um, starts his own core called the Sinestro Core. They're yellow and they're ability. So Green Lanterns are powered by will. They're willpower centric. Uh, Sinestro Core is fear, which is why I think it's Arkham City. If you get the Game of the Year edition, you have a Batman Sinestro Core outfit because Batman has the ability to inspire great fear. So when they were sending Sinestro Core rings out, it initially went to Bruce Wayne, and he was like, "Nah, bro, that's not me," because <laughs> Sinestro Core is, is all villains. So that's one of the one of the Jeff Johns runs that I really enjoy. The other thing he did, he created all of the different cores in the Green Lantern universe. So all the different, yeah, all the different core colors. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking a little bit earlier about how Jay has has read through Blackest Night, which is kind of when they all become relevant in the greater scheme of DC. Um, so that just that whole era of Green Lantern is great. Jeff Johns is writing is amazing. The artists that they have, cause I mean, they change artists throughout the run, uh, but it's always so good. And I think it was cool too, because the different colors start going out to the different heroes that already exist. So one in particular is I remember the flash, he becomes a blue lantern. Mm-hmm which I thought was really cool. Scarecrow becomes a yellow lantern or Sinestro, part of the Sinestro core. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the others. I'm drawing a blank. I think I want to think Wonder Woman became the Oh, I can't remember what they're called. Is it Indigo? No, Indigo is uh Compassion. They can channel all of the other ones. Um she became the one that was Love, uh Star Sapphire. Okay, yeah. I think they went with kind of the nuanced like not the romantic love she just has such an empathy for humanity so they're like yeah we're we're picking you that makes sense who would be uh lex luther was orange yes he was because orange is, <laughs> is avarice or greed yeah greed. And they're like oh yeah you know that's that's about right i who's love left who's left red who was red because red is just rage would have been something like it wouldn't have been bane would it no actually i think i have my book here with me so if you want to monologue for a little bit i'll try to find out sure you got me monologuing (laughs) you sly dog (laughs) you sly dog we watched that just the other night i love the incredibles that is a great movie the first one i feel is a little bit better than the second one but rage is one of those two that uh because like supergirl at one point she becomes a part of the red lanterns with rage and blood it's very it's very dark 
but it's very interesting too. It's interesting how they all have their own little quirk. You know, they've got something unique that sets them apart. With the orange lanterns in particular, I can't remember the guy, the the creature that's a part of the orange core. He is the only orange lantern. And then his, you know, each each green or uh, excuse me, each lantern core has like their own saying. Uh, so like Green Lantern is like in, in in brightest day and darkest night, no evil shall escape my sight. I can't remember the rest. But anyway, orange is what's mine is mine is mine. It's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I think that is hilarious. That is really funny. <laughs> So I, I grabbed my book. I found it. It is Mara. Mara. Oh. Mara becomes the Red Lantern. Okay, yeah. And Lex Luthor being an Orange Lantern, that makes sense because he's always power hungry. Mm-hmm. That's all he cares about. Very creative. Yeah. Blue is a, hope. It's a great run. The the hope one, especially with, with Barry being a Blue Lantern, is really cool because on their own, Blue Lanterns can't do anything. Mm-mm. They need to inspire specifically Green Lanterns, right? And they just get supercharged, which plays very well into the relationship that Barry and Hal Jordan have always had. Yeah, so it it worked them together really well. I think Blue Lanterns are my favorite. I don't know what I would say. My full on favorite is like I think the Indigo Tribe is super cool because of their ability to channel all the rest of them. One of the other runs that I have, it was a a New 52 run featuring Kyle Rayner. It was called uh, Green Lantern New Guardians when he learned to channel all of them. So he mastered each ring and he became a White Lantern. Oh, cool. And that was a really cool uh, journey to see him go on. He's the most underappreciated Green Lantern by far. Now, was he the one that was an actor or... no, I thought he was an artist because initially wasn't one of one one of them an actor at one point. I honestly have no idea. Or am I thinking a football player? I could see Guy Gardner being a football player. Guy Gardner, I think he was a football player because he because, was somebody famous before he was a. Because that's Lantern. why he he doesn't wear a mask. He and John Stewart both don't wear masks. Because I mean, Hal Jordan is the classic. You know, a lot of people when they think of Green Lantern, they think of Hal Jordan, but for people our age. Because we grew up on the Justice League cartoons. Right. When we think Green Lantern, we think Jon Stewart. Yeah. I think he's my favorite. Mine's definitely Kyle. I like Hal, and Hal has some great plots, but Kyle is definitely my favorite Green Lantern. Yeah, Green Lantern is really cool because they're. I almost kind of look at the Green Lantern series as almost like the X Men. Like, they, they're almost their own standalone thing. Like, they really well, and- could just do just green lantern stuff and never interact with anybody else oh you mean standalone in that sense i thought you meant because of like the quality of the book oh and i well, was just gonna too. go on i was gonna go on another jeff johns rant about how when he took over green lantern they were nothing and then he basically made them relevant so i mean that's that's a really short rant but basically jeff johns writing is entirely the reason to read green lantern he's actually the reason why i started reading aquaman because yeah, i, I was at that. I was at a comic book store in Nashville and they were like, oh, you know, the, the writer, like, hear, hear us out. We know it's Aquaman, but the writer for this is incredible. So I picked up the first volume of it and I was like, holy cow, the writing is incredible. And for like 10 years now, I have been an Aquaman apologist trying to get people to see the error in their ways. (laughs) 
He's a good hero. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like 70% of the planet is water. You know what lives in the water? Fish. You know who controls 70% of the world? Aquaman. Aquaman. Because he's king of the ocean. Duh. Ooh, it's thundering <laughs> here. It, it came down storm. I mean, not like a storm. It was a storm. I was trying to come up with one of those, like... <laughs> I was trying real hard to come up with one of those, like, dumb southern phrases. It was raining I, cats and dogs. I mean, that's just, I thought that was standard. I'm trying to come up with those, like, uh, oh. you know, I'm, we had a we had a guy who used to work with me. He, we'd be like, Jared, how are you doing? He'd be like, oh, I'm finer than frog hair. You're, like, two years younger than me. Why do you sound like you're 40 years older than me? Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Oh, I said that one today, because it was raining so hard. I said... Now, Steve, you always say Lord willing and the creek don't rise, but that creek's rising. No, it's a rising now. <laughs> he didn't appreciate that too much. Southern phrases. Like my, my same friend, he used to say he was stuck like hair in a biscuit. And I was like, ugh. Ugh. I don't like that, but I understand it. All right, so do you want to go into year one or do you want me to, to kind of piggyback off of my other long run that I have lots of books of? Well, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and just mention year one i'm not very far into it like i said only nine percent um which it says nine percent i think i'm further than that unless it's really long in which case that might be right you've read it i actually haven't but i can picture it like the the i've almost bought this book probably a dozen times and i just haven't because there's been something else that's always been like this just looks a little bit more interesting and year one is so ubiquitous in the sense well, it's that Frank Miller, yeah, and it's it's not going away either. Like it is an accepted part of the Batman chronology, yeah. So it's always accessible. Well, and so for those of you at home who may not be keeping up with this kind of stuff, Frank Miller is somebody who has written several different comic book, not origin stories, but just stories that are just kind of its own standalone thing. He's well regarded as one of the best writers. I mean, but he's written for both DC and Marvel. He wrote uh, a Daredevil story. He also wrote for DC. He's written Year One. He's also written the Dark Knight trilogy. I think there's a third one. Yeah, Master Dark, Race, right? Dark Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight Returns. And then Master no, Race. Dark Knight Rises is the stupid movie. I, I think don't... it's three. I think there's three separate ones. Dark Knight Returns is is his iconic Batman work. I think though, like Year One is is very well regarded. But if you're just like, hey, have you read Frank Miller Batman? They're going to assume you mean Dark Knight Returns. Now I've read Master Race. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I know some people didn't like it very much, but he's also written a newer, yet again, another origin, like a year one of uh, Superman. And I have heard, I, I haven't read it myself, but I have heard it is awful. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. They said that the direction that he went with it just doesn't make sense. But from what I've been told is he wrote that version of Superman thinking ahead of to the version of Superman that ends up fighting batman in his dark knight series okay from a from a consumer standpoint it's respectable that he went into it with that vision sure and yeah. not like you know we're gonna have this one exist in a vacuum as well um but kind of like you're like you're alluding to real easy to do that wrong yeah they said that there's just a few choices he's made that just doesn't really make sense for later 
down the road. But like I said, it's it's its own standalone thing. So you don't you you know you can either take it and be like, yeah, that's the origin I like. Or you can say, nah, I like some of the other origins better. And that's how this one's written too. But from what I've read, just the small percentage that I've read of it, I've really enjoyed it. Although, man, it is making Gotham look like a really, really dark place. Why would anybody ever want to live there? (laughs) I mean, have you been to New York? I mean, it is is horrible. I imagine New York has just as seedy of an underbelly that they always say Gotham has. Yeah, so people just could, choose to I think of New that. York as Times Square, whatever Gotham's equivalent of a terrible place is. I don't know, I'm trying to think of like the area around Arkham or like the the island from Batman Begins where they just shut it off and they're like, "Nope, it's on it like everyone there's on their own." Deuces. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. We'll, we'll just make up a name to call this terrible place, right? We'll call it uh we'll call it Staten Island, right? Made up name, terrible place. But yeah, so that's um that's your one. I can't really say too much about it just because I haven't gotten very much into it. Um, I've been distracted by other things. I've been, I like to read, but I've been, there's another book that has nothing to do with our show, the the theme of our show, but I've been reading that a lot here recently, American government and stuff like that. So I won't even get into that. For all you West Wing fans out there, I imagine it's... Yes. But yes, yeah, so what was the, uh, you had more i think more green lantern stuff right so i have i have more green lantern i I have like 10 years that jeff johns wrote green lantern i i'm i'm confident that i own his entire run in one form or another whether it's single issues or books i have war of the green lanterns which is a really fun one because it's basically like the four Earth-based Green Lanterns against everyone else. Ooh, fun. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of puts stuff in a different perspective for them. And the other, I mentioned another author who has a long run on a character that I really like is uh, Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America. Oh. So he's the one who wrote Winter Soldier. Okay. He wrote Death of Captain America. And I imagine he wrote some other, like, smaller plots, whatever. He's written... Um, some Iron Fist. He's written some actual Winter Soldier comics, but his his run he did kind of the same thing for Captain America that Jeff Johns did with Green Lantern. Was he took Revamp this? Him, yeah, he took this long running historical character who had kind of fallen by the wayside and completely revitalized them. That's really cool. So I I love reading Winter Soldier again. Death of Captain America isn't nearly as fun to reread because it's so somber for bits of it but there are some other i'm trying to think of what the volumes are called i just know them by the cover i don't know i'm just i'm such a winter soldier fan that it's it's tough for me to not read brubaker stuff because he's the one who created the character that's i i'm i'm such a fan i actually you know those uh you know those like protein shakers kind of like like this one i'm holding up for our, our zoom chat i i found one online that had the winter soldier logo on it and i was like meg can i uh can I get this? And she was like, yeah, yeah, you can get that. So I have it like in the mail. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Isn't it fun when our wives allow us to have some fun? <laughs> yeah. We're, I, I, I mean, I can't, I, I try not to speak for other people, but I'm incredibly grateful um, for, for the things that my wife allows me to do. Like later on tonight, we're going to go to the movies with some friends of ours, and see Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, great movie. Yeah. We've seen 
Oh, what else? We saw Rear Window, and we've seen Psycho, because there's no new movies coming out, and the movie theater is like, listen, as long as y'all sit far enough away from each other, we're good. Cool. So, we've been we've been enjoying Classic Movie Tuesdays, uh, is what I'm calling it for the first time right now. Classic Movie Tuesdays. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah, the classics are good. <clears throat> you know, that might be fun for a show to find like a classic sci-fi movie and watch that. And just destroy it. Yeah. Like a like a really old, really bad movie. Yeah. Or like the, the Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes. And just be like, yeah, we know they remade these like 10 years ago, but here's what the original one was like. That would almost be like a where are they now type of yeah, thing. Yeah, right. With, with the old Charlton Heston one and then that one with uh, James Franco. Which is also really good. I have actually only ever seen the original Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes. That might be one that we could do, because I think you would really enjoy them. I think they're very, very good. Very well done. I always worry, like, multi-movie series, how good they are. A chief example of this to me is something like Fast and the Furious. Mm. The first one was pretty good. The second one was still, I mean, it was decent, whatever. And then I feel like they just went off the rails. Third one, they were like, we're going to try to drift." Like, this is all about driving, and we're going to take it seriously. And then the fourth one is like, yeah, no, we're going back to crazy stuff. Like, they just had to outdo themselves every movie since then, and it's been so many movies. It's like, are these even good anymore? Or are you just pumping them out because you know they're going to make money? Well, the Planet of the Apes, at least that one, like, it's a trilogy of movies. They've only made those three, and from what I've heard, they're not going to make any more. I mean, it ends... like With finality? End, yeah, it does. Could make more if they wanted to, but there's really no reason to. It'd be kind of stretching it if they did. Have um, you met Hollywood? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Makes you nervous. It, but, like, not, not every show is Breaking Bad in the sense of, you know, we have this vision... We are going to stick to this vision and go out on our own terms. Yeah. I feel like a lot of shows end up like Game of Thrones mm. when it's like, oh, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? And they just kind of struggle through and deteriorate their their subsequent seasons. It's it's encouraging to hear that the, the new Planet of the Apes trilogy was like, nah, that's what we're going to do. Probably going to stick to it. But they might, they might Spider-Man it and just reboot it in 10 years. Who knows? I'll tell you one thing that I... I'm really tempted to watch. Um, decently recent uh, to when we're recording this, NBC's Peacock um, was unveiled and started started stuff. Um, I think we talked about that a little bit on the previous episode. We did, yeah. Psych 2. So they have a, I think it's a mini-series as an adaptation of Brave New World. I saw that. Starring the, the solo guy, however yeah. you say his name, Alden Ehrenreich or something. I'm terrified to watch it uh because i'm terrified to reread brave new world given kind of how we are as a society uh but at the same time i feel like that's also really important that and, and actually, 1984 1984 fahrenheit 451 animal mm. farm like all yep. of those foreboding books from high school right when they're yeah. like hey you gotta watch out for this and now oh. it's just like dead gummit i know right like they had you read all those books and you read them or i did Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, yeah, these are pretty good. And then you're like, oh, so 
all this stuff could actually happen. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like, I really want to, like, I have them on the, sh- you can see the shelf behind me. I think I have most of those books on that shelf, but I'm terrified to pick them up again because it's just going to be real sad. Mm. It was just like, because, like, um, I think Brave New World was written in, like, 1946 or something. Like, it's an old book. Um, from American literature standards. I think Aldous Huxley was American. I don't know. But it's so worrying to be like, how could you predict things so well? And even like Scary, 10, accurate. 10 years ago when I would have been reading these in high school, like we were not really close to that. So it's just crazy how fast stuff changes. Um, but now we're getting into kind of a kind of a downer uh, territory. So do you have stuff that you like, not necessarily uplifting, but like fun stuff that you yeah. are looking forward to? Yes. Um, I'll just say, I mean, I'm straight up. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to all the new games that are coming out this holiday. I've been super pumped by watching all the releases and the trailers coming out. I'm getting very excited about that. And are you, are you a cyberpunk fan? I am. I, I haven't been interested in it before. Okay. I've heard some stuff about it, but I haven't actually checked it out. Okay, because I was just going to recommend Witcher 3 because it's by the same dev, and I imagine it would be somewhat similar. And also, I would recommend Witcher 3 anyway. It's a massive game that's incredibly high quality. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Valhalla. That's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, so that's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to. Um, As far as like recommendations go, um, I know I've recommended this to you, but please try to watch, if you can, um, Avatar The Last Airbender on netflix if you it's it's very good i highly recommend it on the so i we we've talked about avatar um between the two of us multiple times and no lie jay i went and i watched like five episodes back to back yesterday and And you don't regret it at all not at all no the only thing i regret is that i had other things to do the thing that is most incredible to me is so i'm halfway through season one and it holds up incredibly well. That's the thing that has impressed me the most in all of this, because societally, we're in a much different place now than we were when the show came out in, what, like 2007? Uh, I don't know. I want to say 2005, actually. Like, it was definitely, like, it was not 2010s at all. This is like a 2000s decade show. Yeah. And it hold like, it could, it could be released now, and people, it would have much more critical acclaim than it had back in the day. Well, and they've even, you know, Netflix has come out to say, you know, Nickelodeon has even said, like, the popularity of this show now, like, it shocks them how popular it is on Netflix. And it's one of the top-rated shows now on on the streaming service. And so, you know, they're looking at it like, wow, people really do like this kind of thing. Um, I'm curious to see the feedback for Korra. Uh, Legend of Korra, which is the sequel show to um, Avatar The Last Airbender, is being released. Actually, when this episode releases, it will be just a few days before that Legend of Korra has been on Netflix. That, so it will be released before this episode comes out. Correct. That's exciting. And from what, so again, I have, I'm going through and watching Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time. So I have not seen Legend of Korra either. But from my understanding, Legend of Korra was made with the same audience in mind. And by that, I mean the audience of Last Airbender grew up and Legend of Korra is a little more mature 
for those slightly older people. That was the idea, yeah. Okay. And uh, really, I respect so that. It's much darker than Avatar, um, The Last Airbender. So The Last Airbender was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's got its moments where it gets very intense. Some really big life lessons are taught. But for the most part, it's fun, it's loving. To me, the character development in Last Airbender is so much deeper than the character development in Korra. And there's an overall, there's there's a goal that stretches across every season of Last Airbender. Whereas with Korra, there's kind of a new goal every season so it's not like it it continues on so that was different as well so basically what i'm hearing is you can have high expectations for last airbender and then be met or exceeded but if you keep that same level of expectation for Korra, you're more than likely going to end up disappointed just i think so avatars because avatar is that good yes okay and just to just to I'll say this on the show because I put this on Facebook on my personal page, so um, a lot of you wouldn't have been able to see it. But I've been what I what I do is on my lunch break I will watch a show with my son. It's something that we've started doing since this quarantine started. You know, I'll find a show or a cartoon that he will like and that I can tolerate. We, when I saw that Avatar The Last Airbender came out, I got super pumped and was like, dude, we have to watch this. You're going to love it. I just, so this... I want to quickly interject. I love the idea of you calling your son dude. That's amazing to me. Because <laughs> it works. It fits. <laughs> and he, he got really excited. And so this was my third time watching it through. So I watched it the first time when it was on TV the second time I found it while I was in college and watched it again. And then, so this is my third time watching it through. We finished up the last episode, I would say probably a week ago. The last episode finished and he started crying so hard. And he was like, I am so sad that that's over. That was a really good show. He was so disappointed that it had to end. And I said, don't cry. He's like, just be happy that, you know, I introduced you to this. Wasn't it good? He was like, Dad, that was the best show I've ever watched. And he's 10 years old. I feel like that's definitely one of those don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened type of yeah. moments. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, again, I mean, that's that's kind of the stuff we're going through, some of the stuff we're looking forward to. You know, if you have stuff you've been reading, stuff you've been watching, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You know, comment on our... Uh, facebook post when we release the episode reach out to us on um our facebook page which you've already found because you're commenting on the episode post um, but in case you haven't found it we're at uh, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us you can reach out to us if you have something that you want to suggest us um, to look at more in depth you can reach out you can dm us on facebook you can also uh, shoot us an email at they didn't ask us at gmail.com or um, this is the one that I'm still most excited about, right? Is the concept of an uh, audio message with the potential to be featured in an episode. That's so cool to me. Yeah. Um, and you can reach out to us that way on our Anchor profile at anchor.fm 
slash they didn't ask us. I mean, I mentioned earlier, I normally don't like to speak for other people, but I feel confident uh, speaking for both of us in this sense. We would love to hear from you. We would. And the, the people that have reached out to us, you know, we typically talk about the messages that they sent us, or we've even had somebody send us a recording. And so we were able to feature their voice in the episode and uh, he very much enjoyed that thanked us for that and so he got to hear his voice and we got to answer his question on the show Uh, so if you want that same experience please um, reach out to us you can follow me on instagram they nope not they didn't ask us (laughs) you can follow me on instagram the nerd is underscore in Uh, i'm sure i'll be featuring lots of pictures of my new baby here soon so you'll get to enjoy that well that's so fun and then you can find me on twitter and twitch uh j mueller 8332 trying to trying to not be as as retweet centric on twitter just to have more of my own thoughts it's a dangerous ball game if you want to expose yourself to more of my thoughts but uh, <laughs> i have i have a good time so again whether it's our our personal stuff or on the pod pages we would love to hear from you in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think that's that's probably going to wrap me up. Yeah, that just about wraps it up. So thank you very much for joining us on another episode. We hope to see you again in two weeks. But until then, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a longtime listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.